This is the Eco Business Podcast. I'm Robin Hicks. COVID didn't kill events, but it did change them. How has the pandemic reshaped sustainability events and how contentious topics like climate and diversity are tackled in public fora? When the pandemic hit in early 2020, big sustainability events like Ecosperity and Asia Climate Forum either took a break or hurriedly went digital. In one fell swoop, the human interaction, coffee break gossip and free food that people flocked to events for were gone. The events industry was faced with its Napster moment as online video platforms replaced hotel rooms and exhibition halls. There are environmental benefits as outwent air-conditioned rooms, lavish catering and business travel flights. But now that in-person events are coming back as the pandemic eases, how are they different? What do audiences expect of sustainability events in the post-COVID era? Joining today's podcast are Vimal Gungadin, founder and CEO of events technology company Global Signin, and Tamor Nabili, a broadcaster and anchor for the likes of CNBC and Al Jazeera. Welcome to the podcast, chaps. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. Thanks, Robin. Great to be here. Great to have you on the show. It's a timely topic. Events are coming back in the in-person form after a couple of years of going digital um, because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, female, I wanted to ask you first of all, so you're CEO of Give Me the Digital Events Platform, how you've seen events change over the past few years from the sustainability perspective? Maybe I'll, I'll put that into the pre-COVID era and then post-COVID and then post-COVID era. So, um, well, Pre-COVID, sustainability was already becoming a big thing uh, within the events industry, how events would be, would be running. And then, you know, COVID hit. Uh, and, and what happened during that period is everything just went uh, virtual. That's how we were calling it. Nobody liked it, uh, but everyone was forced to do it to the point where today, you know, kids, grandparents all know how to use some kind of... Uh, digital meeting or even or have even participated in some kind of digital events uh, and then the the idea was you know uh, after post-covid uh, what would happen is because uh, it's been an industry that has been uh, heavily hit uh, from a uh, revenue perspective uh, from people uh, leaving the industry uh, so that the thought was when events come back uh, sustainability will be off the table because it will be just about uh, you know making ends meet profitability but surprisingly like uh, now that the world is opening up again events are coming back again in fact what we see is uh, events are coming back primarily in person uh, as opposed to uh, digital or even uh, hybrid should I say and sustainability is is back uh, on the forefront and and it's great to see this I would say and and if I would add uh, what has changed is really behaviors so behaviors of people you know have changed so now uh, there's there's a, uh, a better appetite for digital so what we're seeing now uh, in so much that I say, that uh, in-person uh, events are coming back. Uh, sustainability uh, uh, is a topic that's, uh, that's uh, on the table, but events have become more digital. Uh, so we are now used to, for example, scanning QR codes. 
So back in the days, uh, there was still the topic like, hey, would, would people in Asia, for example, uh, stop using something like name cards, right? Because it's just such a cultural thing. But what we're seeing right now is more and more people, you know, they're using all sorts of tools to have their name cards, like in the form of a QR code or a reusable card. Uh, exhibitions are coming back again now, and we're seeing brochures taking the form of digital. So that's minimizing the usage of paper. Uh, when you go, you check into an event, uh, it's no more like pre-printing of the name badges and then whoever doesn't come, you know what, uh, throw away the, those paper, but it's printing uh, the, the badges uh, on demand. And what's helping for that is everybody pre-register for their events online because again, uh, as a behavior, everybody has been used to that now. So people mm -hmm. are registering online, coming to the event and then showing up again a QR code and then you know uh, getting their badges on demand. So, so, so all of this is culminating in things that as an industry, we were actually talking about, uh, but it wasn't really happening. But all of these compound effect that I would say COVID has helped accelerate, uh, that has changed the nature of events and making them more digital. I'm kind of fascinated to know what is going to happen in the coming months and years, actually. I mean, I think right now we're definitely in that phase of, to use that very common term now, revenge activity. Yes. <laughs> you know, everybody, everybody wants to get back in front of each other because we're heartily sick of, of sitting here on virtual platforms. But having said that, you know, a lot has changed because the awareness of sustainability right now is, is at an all-time high, isn't it? The awareness of the damage that we're doing is at an all-time high. And I think everybody now is in a position where they're kind of going, is that flight necessary? Is it really, how is it going to help me to actually fly 2,000 kilometers just so I can give a 45-minute keynote and then fly back again, or just so I can go and shake a few customers' hands, you know? Uh, so wh whether we settle down into a, a post-COVID hybrid world or whether we actually go full on back into everybody just travels uh, is yeah. fascinating to me. The way I like to think about it also is like this pendulum has just swung from one end to the other, but it's going to normalize uh, in the middle because you're right, actually. So that revenge traveling, revenge meeting, that for sure is what's driving that sentiment of, you know what, we're going to do an event. Let's do it all in person because everybody's just excited about that. But then, and look, but look, it's, I think, uh, Vima, I mean, it's, I think it's, you know, forgive me for telling you how to run your business, but I think it's incumbent upon companies like yours to discourage people from getting on planes. Because let's face it, the plane is the issue, the travel is the issue, and uh, all the, the resources that go into bringing people to a certain part of the world. And, and you know, the COP conferences themselves are, are an absolute case in point. I, I, I remember the COP, COP 18, I think it was in Doha which was back in 2012, uh, it, it, was, it, was, it was awful. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Doha, but the place is an absolute furnace. And they brought God knows how many hundreds and uh, even thousands of people to the desert where the conference center, the Doha Convention Center, had created this extraordinary layout of air-conditioned desert luxury. And the amount of carbon we must have pumped into the atmosphere of, over the course of that four or five days was exorbitantly stupid. So that, that stuff has got to stop.
Yeah, if I j- just want to jump in there. I mean, I guess that the travel's a big piece of it, isn't it? The the sustainability piece of yeah. events, also food, food wastes, hotel expenses, that sort of thing. But just personally, I, I found that I've really wanted to get back to to physical events. Um, even an introvert like myself has to meet people, right? As my job as a journalist, you need to. It's not just the events themselves. To be frank, I think some of the speeches, some of the seminars often miss the mark. It's the coffee breaks, it's the interaction, it's the networking that I think people really value. And also things like, I mean, you mentioned business cards and that side of thing, going virtual and using QR codes instead of business cards. I just wondered in in places like Japan, where the business card is such an important part of making that connection, and in other Asian cultures, will we ever lose the, the business card, do you think? Yeah, uh, Robin, probably I'll, I'll take uh, the comment from uh, Timo first, and then we can come back on the business card, because I think uh, Timo did make a, uh, a really good point there. And, and, and I think what happens is uh, people are starting to ask themselves the question, actually, was it really meaningful to, to, to fly, like what you said, 2,000 miles uh, to attend a certain conference or to go to a certain board meeting? where this could just have been done, you know, just online, right? And then uh, no travel, uh, more sustainable, I mean, more time is just so positive in in many different ways. And I think that's where uh, everybody is right now. Like uh, before that equilibrium, uh, I would say, is reached. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, in so much that I say right now, everything has swung all the way to, to, to in-person. Uh, but there are room for just pure online interactions, digital interactions, and then room for just in-person interactions, like what uh, you're mentioning here, uh, Robin, right? And, 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 and maybe to, to come back to the, to the name card, there are different markets, right? So if you look at China, for example, that was also, uh, or that is also a country where, you know, uh, the business card, giving out uh, uh, a business card respectfully uh, has just been uh, so much part of the tradition, but it's almost gone now. Nobody gives out uh, a, a business card anymore, uh, pretty much uh, in China. And, and now that has, again, COVID has played a big part here because there's also the, the hygiene factor, the touchless factor. People don't want to you know, touch something that somebody else has just touched. So that has definitely played uh, a big part of that. Mm. Uh, but what we are seeing is, is, is a change of behavior. Like in China, people will just use their, their WeChat uh, QR code or whatever other tools that they may be using to just exchange contacts. That has already happened. Like within Singapore itself, like, you know, uh, I came back to office. So now these days I work pretty much from office, but it was just all filled with uh, paper name cards because that was what I was doing, interacting with people, collecting name cards. But these days, yes, I still meet with people, but you know, very much name cards. So I uh, think it's not necessarily disappearing, but for sure it's diminishing at, the, at, at a big rate. I'm going I'm to be a little intransigent on this, Robin. I'm sorry, but I, you know, I, I, I kind of think the business card argument is like the drinking straw argument. Yes, it's a nice <laughs> thing to do. It's part of personal hygiene to say, okay, this is my demonstrative uh, effort to, to, to recognize what's going on. But, you know, 
it, it is really the drinking straw argument. It's 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 the planes that matter. It's the it's the expenses that matter. I mean, if we can get Bill Gates to not turn up in his private jet, that's going to do uh, <laughs> much more than than everybody not bringing a business card. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I do get funny looks, though, when I offer someone a business card and they then offer me their mobile phone and give me a sort of a disapproving frown. Um, <laughs> but yeah, point taken, absolutely. Flight shaming is or the or the looking down on using using air travel is, is a the definitely the biggest part of it. I just want to touch on the content of sustainability themed events uh, and ask you, Tamor, what, what would you see as the dominant themes of the moment? What sort of sexy and what isn't? And, and how has COVID influenced the uh, content of sustainability events? Can I, can I sort of expand into a slightly macro perspective on this for a second, Robin? I'm sorry to sort of de- derail from, from your very specific question. But um, I, I think the content conversation is really interesting in the context, again, of the sustainability theme in general, because it, it, the content speaks to the event itself. Now, if we're going to gather a lot of people around uh, a table and say, we've brought you here specifically so you can get together face to face because that's where the value lies, then the content is is absolutely vital uh, to that process. And so if you look at um, GevMe as a business, if you look at any of the the content organizer, uh, conference organizer businesses, I, I think it's really incumbent upon them to start saying we need to make the content more relevant to this this specific content area as well as everything else because so often people are arranging contents people are uh, conferences rather people are arranging award ceremonies as a marketing gimmick right mm. they're not bringing people together to have substantive discussion they're not bringing people together to drive action or to create impact they're just bringing people together so that they can do the bit that you find value in robin which is to have the coffees afterwards so what you end up with in content terms at the end of the day is is a few random people from the sponsors sitting on a panel uh, and chatting about random things and waiting to the point where they can go and have a drink together and really do some some proper business and and i think from when when you're organizing events we need to rethink that whole model so back to your question what are we talking about within content? It's still not particularly strong factor that in a, in a business conference that there is always a sustainability panel that is relevant to that business. And it's the relevance to the business that matters. Um, so, sorry, a bit of a rant there. So to your specific question, what are, what are the, the themes of the moment? Um, that's a really fascinating question. And you're probably better a place to answer it than I am, Robin, given that you're in the, in the daily news business of, of creating this stuff. But the post-COVID and the post-heat wave, post-Arctic melt conversations, everybody is now looking to uh, understand the real impact of the climate conversation. And I think that offers us a vast amount of opportunity to really raise subjects that resonate with the ordinary public and resonate with uh, conference attendees doing business in their own environments, rather than you know sit there and show them pictures of, of, of skinny polar bears and, and try and make them feel guilty. To your point though, yeah, do take your point, and perhaps female, you want to chip in on this, that a lot of sustainability events are um, marketing driven um, and often as a journalist sat there waiting for someone to say something interesting or something that I can report on to write a story about but often found wanting so my question I guess is to you both is what is the what is the secret to um, unlocking 
a sustainability event to get content that people find really valuable that actually challenges a tough topic like say decarbonization or, or climate um, are we using the right formats to to tackle these really complex topics so let, let me let me just jump in with a, with a addendum to this and, and Vimal I, I think um, maybe you'll also be able to shed some light on this because I guess one of the questions we have to, to consider is the sustainability conference in itself um, does that have a shelf life or does sustainability eventually become a part of every other conference and disappear as a subject matter in itself because right now we're just it's like digitalization once upon a time uh, you used to have companies with digital specialists and now everybody has to be a digital specialist it's, it's not it's not a specialist field it's everybody has to engage with digital at some point every conference is going to have to have a sustainability element within itself so it's not a matter of sustainability conferences so much as getting the right sustainability content into every single field that is having a conference female do you think that there are any to my point about formats though um you've seen that obviously we talked about digital in person and other ways to bring content to life um are there any ways that you've noticed that are particularly effective in tackling um tough sub subjects for instance i'm sometimes frustrated that i find the q a part of an event um quite curated and even censored. So the awkward questions that the panelists ask at the end are carefully selected so to avoid embarrassment or to avoid an awkward question or, or someone looking a bit silly. But for me, that those questions are crucial for bringing out or tackling tough subjects. The use of digital tools here for question and answers uh, definitely doesn't help, I would say, right? So posting a question uh, you know, uh, on a tool uh, actually makes it so much easier to get moderated. And I guess that's, what, uh, that's what's been happening in many events, just to avoid uh, the, the tough questions, uh, like what you say. But look, what I'm looking forward to, and which I think uh, doesn't really happen, is for uh, not just sustainable events, but events in general, like to, to, to be sustainable themselves. There's, there's still so much talk about it, and then uh, less of things uh, happening. See, by nature, the problem is there's a, it's almost like this dirty secret about, uh, about events, because events, uh, like what we were discussing earlier, you know, uh, we tend to favor more uh, the in-person interactions. But in-person interactions, the big component in that is people going to tra travel by plane, by private jets in the worst of cases, and, and by far, this is uh, the biggest uh, carbon uh, footprint of, of, of events, right? Uh, and, and, and even the biggest, the most popular events uh, out there uh, shy away from, from tackling that. So there are other components uh, that are being tackled today uh, to make uh, events more sustainable. But I think it's not being shown enough, like the easiest ones is, you know, use a venue that is uh, that has got certain certification. That's probably the, the easiest thing to do. Uh, but what about food wastage? I mean, uh, we talk about event experience more than like, for example, the wastage that goes on about uh, bringing about food that are themselves uh, sustainable, right? Uh, using materials, like rather than using plastic bot water bottles, uh, during events, but using uh, rather than using plastic, uh, you know, 
paper cups, spoons, and stuff. So there's a whole range of things that today itself uh, events can potentially do, uh, but they're not uh, doing to make, uh, let's say, physical uh, events uh, uh, more sustainable. Uh, so, so, so I'd love to see that more uh, on, on, on uh, in-person events and, and those things being tackled. And now back to your question on, uh, on uh, formats. Well, the, the digital component of events is, is just a no-brainer. Like there have been some computations being done. Like, for example, if let's say you bring about uh, 500 people to talk on a certain topic, uh, all online as opposed to uh, bring them all together, uh, the carbon offset can be uh, by a factor of, of uh, uh, 75 or 80% more sustainable by bringing people uh, together digitally. And yet, right now, what we're seeing is, uh, is uh, you know, like, for example, hybrid in the name of cost, for example, uh, getting, getting a, a bad name. Uh, so, so I'm looking forward to, uh, to, to digital components being used more, actually. Uh, be it uh, in person, be it, uh, uh, you know, remotely, uh, and then really measuring uh, all the different factors that uh, typically at the at at in-person events are the biggest factors of making events unsustainable. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you about that point on measurement again, Vimal. It's difficult, isn't it? Event organizers are being asked to go green, but measuring the environmental footprint of an event is difficult, right? Um, how are event organizers going about it and are, get, are they getting it right? So here's the thing. Uh, I think event organizers by nature are just uh, busy. They, they have, their main goal is just to run their event, to organize the event. That in itself is, is a big job. There's just so many uh, breaking points, so many things to look at. Uh, and, and, and that's why it's, uh, putting in the right uh, measuring tools, the right measurements, and then tracking things well uh, is, is not the top of priority. I think what's going to help is probably policies, right? Uh, policies that come from government, uh, policies that come from corporates, requiring uh, the corporate events to meet certain uh, KPIs in terms of sustainability policies from the government, which requires to start with like uh, uh, venues to hit certain targets, contractors to hit uh, certain targets. We're starting to see that, uh, uh, and I can speak of Singapore, uh, we're starting to see that uh, being driven by, by the government here in Singapore. And I think these are, that's great uh, that's great to see, basically, right? And and that probably can be one of the biggest factors that drive uh, that drive change. I'll just give you one one very simple example, uh, and that's in the space of let's say exhibitions. I mean, it's been known for a while. Like for example, you know, you do an exhibition uh, with I don't know two hundred uh, exhibitors each building their booth even nicer than the other one. The materials that are being used for for these are in most cases, discarded once the, once the event is over. And, and there's already been talk about, uh, you know, using reusable components for this. Uh, but I was just speaking with an organizer uh, as recent as just last week, uh, and, and a huge one for that matter. And uh, they are looking for contractors who can use these reusable uh, components, and they just can't find them. 
it's, it's not as if the materials are not here, the technology are not here, uh, but it definitely costs more. So, so there's, there's just no impetus uh, to make that happen. So I think unless the pressure, uh, there is a top-down pressure, uh, it'll be difficult to, 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 to change mindset. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, it's frustrating. And in fact, sort of amazing to me that um, I was at the biggest sustainability event in, in Singapore a few weeks ago, in fact, and they're still serving plastic water bottles mm. at a sustainability event. And mm. also on, on discussions on diversity, you're still seeing, in inverted commas, mannels um, dominated by sort of usually white men or, or men at least. So these mistakes are still being made at sustainability events. Tamil, going to you, I mean, you're um, a brilliant moderator. You've moderated numerous panels. Um, going back to pivoting back to the, the content question again, I wanted to ask you, what's the, what's the key to unlocking a really interesting panel discussion? If I told you my secrets, Robin, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> um, but look, to, to, your, to your earlier point about moderation and censorship, if you will, it, this sort of does tie back into my previous comments about what is the genesis of the event itself? Um, because so many of them are just marketing exercises, promotional exercises, or, and, and uh, to a large extent, that leads to a certain greenwashing procedure, which is the censorship that you talked about. I happen to think that the digital tools for, for questioning are very valuable, particularly in Asia, where some people are very reticent to get up in front of a microphone. Uh, and when they do, they don't want to put the panelists on the spot by asking tough questions. So the moderation is, is absolutely key. And if the moderator can be involved to a large extent with the way the thing is run, uh, and you've got a good moderator, then they can actually get past a lot of those problems about getting to the heart of the matter and making the points that need to be made in the most effective way possible. Um, so I, th I think some of these tools that we've got of people being able to send in anon anonymous questions are really good, so long as the moderator is up to coping with that and is allowed to make that happen. And so often, again, it comes back to the organization because half the time uh, moderators are simply uh, members of the of the sponsorship team or perhaps um, you know somebody that's involved in the event uh, and they're part of that attempt to, to to market the event rather than to get to the truth so if one starts a sustainability event or any event from the proposition that we are here to make an impact we're here to drive action and we're here to get to some fundamental facts then you're beginning a whole different set of circumstances and setting in motion a whole different way of approaching the process so I think content needs to be increasingly the heart of the, st the starting process for these events and not the afterthought, which is how I think it happens now. Because events are big business these days. Events are not about driving action. They're just about bringing people to a place in order to generate revenue. Uh, and I'm sorry to be so cynical about this, but we see it every time, right? Um, and just very quickly, secondarily to the point about um, shaking hands and stuff. I, I'm really desperately waiting for a time when companies like GevMe will develop the next generation of digital interactive tools, because that point of shaking hands with people and having engaged in-person conversations can, to a certain extent, I think, be achieved online as well, but we just don't have a proper tool to do it. The, the little, the little uh, additive bits that we have on many of these platforms just aren't up to the task. Someone with a really good sense of user experience and user interaction software needs to build a platform that allows people to engage with each other in a really intuitive way. You know, people do this on Facebook all the time. 
Why can't they do it on some kind of conference platform? Look, uh, I, I, this has been pretty much, or this is still pretty much like uh, almost like the holy grail of uh, networking online. Uh, and, and you're spot on, like in saying like uh, uh, companies like Facebook uh, have nailed it, right? Uh, but in, this, in the case of events, which are really like, uh, I should say ephemeral communities that get built on around certain topics, uh, the, the traction has uh, has not really happened, uh, but for sure, like you know, like there's there's lots of experimentations that we've been doing ourselves, uh, measurements that we are that we're doing, and we we're probably definitely not there yet, uh, but 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 that's definitely the goal. And and I think as a uh, as an industry itself, and not just our platform, like if you just look around itself, there's just so many different ways. Of interactions, engagement online that are that are being tried, or even enhancing engagement, I would say on site uh, uh, during uh, physical uh, events. Uh, so, so, so those things are ongoing. So, so I'd love to I'd love to <laughs> to hear more from you on that, uh, Timor. But, but yeah, we're all working on it. Yeah, no, indeed. Yeah, and no, I've, I've, I've had a few awkward conversations in the sort of virtual breakout rooms, mm. which has, some conversations been quite good, but a little bit stilted to, to Tamor's point. And, and that in-person interaction is still missing online. Although I would, I would disagree that all events, some events aren't, aren't worth turning up to, because I mentioned that physical interaction, that coffee break mm. moment, not necessarily the speeches or the presentations, but talking to people is absolutely crucial. Um, I think particularly in the business world. Now I want to finish guys with asking about what the secret is to a really engaging event and how can we avoid sort of boring, overly created sustainability events? And also perhaps finish on, on the best event that you guys have ever been to and why. I mean, personally, um, I went to an event called Plasticity um, at the United Nations uh, UNESCAP in Bangkok. Um, it's an event about plastic pollution. And what was good about it was, is at the end, they did a sort of role play segment where bits of the audience were government. Uh, another part of the audience was an NGO. The other part of the audience was a business. And they had to um, present uh, their take on... Uh, the introduction of a, a plastic ban. And it was really interesting and really fun and tackled a really difficult sort of subject in a, in a lighter way. Um, so yeah, that, that was for me. Female, perhaps what's, what may, what's the secret to a great event and what's the best event you've been to? Look, uh, there's, uh, I'll probably tell you about an event uh, from an association that I'm part of. Uh, so uh, there's this association called Sassius. It's the uh, business event trade association in Singapore. So January, well, I think it was, yeah, right before COVID, January 2020. So it was uh, the 40th anniversary. So it was an event being done, uh, bringing about uh, meeting event professionals. So an event for event professionals. And, and sustainability was just such a big topic there. And what we did, uh, what happened during that event was, uh, uh, it was to make it as experiential as possible. And I think that's what uh, really uh, made it different for me and made it special for me, 
because uh, rather than talking about sustainability, it was more about showing things that can really be done practically and then how things can be measured, starting from the venue. I spoke about food wastage. Uh, so, so, so that was being demonstrated. Uh, what's the treatment that, uh, that gets done? Uh, sustainable food where, where vegetables were being grown uh, in the compounds of the venue itself, uh, all the way to what contractors were doing uh, with regards to reusing uh, modular materials, components, meeting rooms that could just be set up, dismantled, and then reset up again, uh, aircon, right? Uh, modulating uh, uh, temperature at an optimal level to be able to reduce electricity usage. And then again, no plastic things like, for example, uh, uh, plastic pouches for badges, water bottles, spoons, and you name it. So the whole experience uh, itself was, was pretty cool, I would say. Excellent. That sounds really cool. Yeah, no, as you mentioned earlier on, the elephant in the room is that, that events are a, um, a high footprint um, activity. And it's no getting around it. That uh, Ways to reduce that um, are more than welcome. Taymor. The secret to an engaging event and the best one you've been to? So that's a really tough question, isn't it? Because everyone has different assessments of what is success. Um, and it, it's also a very intangible area, isn't it? I mean, it's like movies. Take the, the question of movies. Some people spend hundreds of millions of dollars on the movie and, and produce a complete turkey. And some people can spend a very little amount of money and produce a really good film. Uh, and events are the same. It's that there are so many moving parts and sometimes getting them all together in the same place is, is alchemy rather than planning. Um, but having said that, you know, I think there are some certain, a few things that are very relevant. I mean, all the stuff that Vimal just said about metrics around the event itself and being able to prove that the event itself has made an effort to be sustainable, that's, that's valuable uh, in, term both, in terms both of uh, sending a message and achieving sustainable impact. But then at the heart of it, for me, a good event is a, an event I walk away from uh, in which I think I have learned something and in which I think I have been empowered to do something that will be meaningful. Uh, and that's, a, you know, I, I guess a little bit dry, but to me, otherwise, there's no point going anywhere. Uh, and coming away with something meaningful may, uh, to your point, Robin, may just be meeting somebody really important so long as that meeting leads to action. Because for me, a successful event is an event that drives action and that leads to some kind of outcome. Uh, going to a place and just sort of sitting there and, and, and talking away and, and meeting a few people and having some drinks, you know, may be fun, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything. So Making that sort of event depends on a couple of things. Firstly, the organizer needs to have a point here to say, okay, we're going to actually drive action rather than just operate a marketing exercise. Secondly, the content is absolutely key. The content is always the king. And if you don't bring together people on a panel who are addressing a specific topic, a specific problem, and proposing solutions that can be solved, then I think you're wasting everybody's time. Just general chit-chat is not particularly interesting. Moderating that panel, and again, I'm sort of talking my own book here a little bit, the moderator really has to be able to drive that conversation and bring it to a conclusion that people can walk away thinking we learned something and we can do something here. So 
you know, create the content around specific problems to be solved, bring to the table people who can speak to that problem very directly and have a moderator who can organize that conversation in a way that leads to meaningful outcomes. That for me is a successful event. Your point, Robin, about, you know, doing, having engaging activities in it, that's always great. If that can happen, that makes things a lot more enjoyable. Um, and I, I wish more conferences would do that. Those things tend to cost money. Those things tend to require an expertise that organizers don't really want to spend money on. So when they do happen, it's fantastic. It doesn't always need to happen. But if I can walk away saying, okay, people have made connections here that will lead to something sustainable happening later on down the line, to me, that's success. That's a really good place to leave it. Tamor, female, thank you so much for joining the Eco Business Podcast. Nice to talk to you. Thanks, Rory. This podcast was hosted by EcoBusiness, Asia's leading media company serving the region's sustainability community. Join the conversation by visiting eco-business.com, follow us on social media, or subscribe to our newsletter. Thanks for listening.